Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited for today's show as we actually have four guests on the show. That's right, all four guests from earlier in the week have provided us with bonus material. This is what we call Follow Your Yes Friday. In the 20 years that I've been doing research and working with partners and, and, and relationships and men and women, one of the things that I've found missing in many partnerships is, well, we tend to forget or maybe we just neglect to follow our intuition or what I call our yes, that gut feeling that tells us, here's what your next step is. Instead, what happens is we we tend to be in our partnerships and we're operating solely from our head. We're analyzing everything. We're disregarding just what our gut's telling. Sometimes we do pay attention. We we recognize that yes, that, that instinct, and we start to follow it. But here's the trick. We tend to not really own it. We don't defend it. We don't, we don't set our boundaries with conviction. And this results in us abandoning our yes. We ultimately end up proceeding in our partnerships based on somebody else's yes. They put theirs on the table and we just go, oh yeah, that's good. And we go with theirs. What we're going to look at today, I've asked every one of our guests about their yes. Not just when they followed their yes, but also when they haven't. What happened when they didn't follow their yes? They didn't follow that gut feeling that said, oh, this is what you need to do next, and instead went strictly off their intellect and their analyzer and said, nope, nope, that doesn't pencil. I'm going to keep on this path. We've got information from every single guest that you heard this week that's going to help you understand the power of following your yes. Now, here we go. Dr. Margaret Paul was my guest on Monday. And she shared with us two of the most incredible stories I've ever heard about the importance of following your yes. Listen in. So, Margaret, to, to help us illustrate how not following your yes, your, your gut instinct, how when you don't follow that, it can actually undermine a partnership. I'd love for you to share a quick story with us of a time when, well, you just did that. You, you didn't follow your yes. Maybe at the time you didn't even realize you had a yes, but now when you look back, you're like, oh, that was so clear, but I still didn't do it. Tell us about that time. Well, when I think back on my, my long 30-year marriage, um, I rarely followed my yes. Um, I completely ignored my inner knowing, and I gave my power away completely. There were yeses inside of me all the time where I needed to have spoken up and said, um, no, this doesn't feel good or this isn't what I want. And I didn't follow that yes. And that was a big part of what resulted in the end of my 30-year marriage is that, you know, the marriages are always 
both sides. And so, you know, as I said, mine was giving myself up. It was not following my yes over and over and over and over again. And so that was huge in my life. The consequences were enormous for me of not following my yes. Yeah, that that's a great example. And one that I know a lot of people can resonate with, whether it be a marriage or another relationship where they just just never let themselves be the person that led the train. So let's flip this around then. Let's let's take a moment in time when, when you had a really clear yes, and not only did you recognize it, but you followed it. What, what happened then? Well, I've had so many yeses. The one that, that comes up for me isn't necessarily about relationship, but it impacted my life so much. And that was um, I had sold my house in Los Angeles. And right after I sold it, I started getting a sense of guidance that I needed to get everything out of my house at least a week before the, um, the house, the, the escrow uh, finished. And I, I just had visions of my house crumbling and I had no idea what it was. I thought maybe it was going to be an earthquake. It was in Los Angeles. And so I got everything packed up and out a week before um, the movers came, everything that was of value. It said, get everything um, out that was of value, like my paintings and my antiques and everything. I got it all out and packed up. Well, the day after I got it out, there were workmen working under the house uh, fixing termite damage, and they came across some black widow spiders, and they torched them on dry rot. And um, I was coming back from a rental house just as they were coming out from under the house and they were telling me this. And I thought, ugh, that's a horrible thing to do. But I didn't think much about the house. I just thought about the spiders. And I came back from the rental house two hours later and my, my three big story, my big three story house was in flames. They had set the house on fire. And I had gotten everything of value out the day before because I followed my yes, even though the people close to me who were helping me said, why are you pushing us? Why are you making us pack up a week ahead of time? The movers aren't here for a week. Why do we have to do this? I said, I don't know, but we have to. And I followed my yes. And I got all of my art out and all of my valuables, all of my you know, photographs of years with my kids and everything. All of that got saved from the fire because I followed my yes. Now that is a very graphic example. And and what I love about that is, just like you said, it, it didn't necessarily make sense to anybody else, even maybe to you, but you're like, but I don't know why. Let's, I, I just need to do it. There's no harm in doing it, so let's, let's get everything out of here. And ultimately, that's the only reason you have those things now is because you, you followed that, that instinct that said, this is what you need to do. It was very clear. It wasn't nebulous. It was, this is what you have to do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so funny how we try and argue with it. And yeah. instead of just going, okay, I don't have to understand this. Because it's coming from the universe. It's coming from the divine, which has way more resources than we will ever have. So clearly it knows something we don't. And right, let's, that's right. Let's and let our, that be our, the guidance. Yeah, our, our arrogant mind likes to think that it knows more than the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny, but that is a great example. Thank you, Margaret. You're welcome. Tuesday's guest was Brian Reeves, and he brings us two truly incredible stories 
about the importance of following your yes in regards to money. Check this out. All right, Brian, do me a big favor. I would love to have you help give examples of how, you know, if we don't follow our yes, it can really undermine a partnership. And if you would do me a favor and share with us a story of a time you didn't follow your yes, maybe at the time you didn't even realize you had one, but now looking back, you're going, oh my gosh, I I had a totally clear yes. My gut was telling me what to do and I didn't do it. Tell us about that time. Well, I'm going to take this back to, to being in partnership with life because I have over and over and over again thought that, okay, my mind knows better what's going on here than life does. And, and I'll tie it to money because I have, I have you know, harboring fear in my life around money, even though I've always pretty much had it, having the fear of running out of it, that has been very disempowering to my, to my partnership with life. And so, you know, it's funny, I actually had to run out of money about a year and a half ago because I was denying my partnership with life. I was constantly in the story of I can't afford anything. You know, I, 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 I didn't really know. I was trying to, I was kind of professionally in between uh, worlds. I had just been managing artists for the last number of years and, and, um, and ran, pretty much ran out of, you know, my save, went through my savings managing amazing artists, but it's hard to make money in that world. And then I was just playing so small. By playing small, I mean I was afraid and I was living. I I wasn't living in yes. I was living in no. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I can't afford to, uh, uh, you know, go home and visit my mom who I hadn't seen in two years. I can't afford to go have dinner with my friends. I can't afford to to go to this uh, conference where a lot of amazing people will be this weekend. You know, I was just living in no. I was. I was because I was scared of running out of money. And what's so interesting about that is, is I had to run out of money. You know, it's like I was, I was treating money as a life preserver and money don't float when you're holding on to it. You sink like a rock. And, um, and I sank. And it's so, what was so powerful about that though was, was when I finally ran out of money, then I was able to start saying yes because you know what? When you got nothing to lose anymore, uh, it's easy to sh- it's easy to play a new game. And what happened is literally within this was about a year and a half ago. And within you know my blogs were doing really well. I was writing uh, blogs for different websites and my own website, and they were doing really. I was getting millions of viewers already, but I wasn't making any money from it. You know, blogs are free offerings. You don't make money from blogging. And I hadn't quite figured out, you know, my coaching practice was still kind of struggling. And, and so, but when I finally just ran out of money, I just said, uh, F it, you know, life begins at F it. Uh, and I had an opportunity to hire an assistant and I had like, for me, running out of money meant I had less than $2,000 in the bank. And, but I had no very little income. I was making maybe a thousand bucks, two hundred, two thousand a month from coaching. But I live in Los Angeles. That is unsustainable. And um, I had an opportunity to hire an assistant, and it was going to cost five hundred dollars a month to hire her. I had fifteen hundred dollars in the bank. Here I am, about to hire an assistant, give her one third of my gross net worth, of my gross worth, right, my entire net worth. I was going to give her a third of it for, to work with me for 30 days. 
Like my, my calculating mind said, that's crazy. Um, even, you know, as I was running, like it's funny because a year, a year before that, I remember I had like $5,000 in the bank and I had this book by Marianne Williamson that said the law of divine compensation. And the book cost $24. I had five grand in the bank, Ken. The book cost $24 and my mind said, you can't afford that. It's too expensive. That's how crazy I was. The law of divine compensation, which is a book about, you know, all the ways that life compensates you, <laughs> takes care of you when you just say yes. Yeah. And here I was saying I can't afford it, right? So, I mean, flash forward a year to I've run out of money. I got $1,500 in the bank. But now I'm like, I don't care anymore. Uh, I don't care about running. I've already run out. So may as well play a different game. And, in fact, my mantra at that time was go big or go homeless. And um, so I decided it was such a deep yes to hire this woman. Uh, Gina is her name. I just, something in me just, I just felt excited at the prospect of it and giving her a third of all the money I owned in the world uh, for an assistant. This is insane for 30 days. And yet that turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made because immediately she started bringing in new clients for me and she started handling all of the uh, you know, I remember a man who, uh, a, a mentor of mine years ago once told me, Brian, you're never going to make $100,000 a year doing a $10 an hour job. And what that reminded me of was just don't, you know, don't do the work that you're not supposed to do. Hire other people to do that work. Do the work that is your gift, right? Get other people, pay other people to do the $10 or $20 an hour job that, that you aren't supposed to be doing. And, and hiring an assistant when, I, when my mind said I couldn't afford it, even though everything in me said yes, trusting that yes was huge. And as I said, I mean, bringing Gina in just changed my business. It changed everything that it made money come in that I couldn't have brought in myself. And she's just been a godsend. She's my, one of my angels. So, you know, and I mean, there's countless other examples of, 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 I call it relaxing into the yes. Yeah, I like that. And you know what? What's great about that is you gave. You mean you, you basically everything you just told us was both the downside if you don't follow it, and you're saying they're not buying a book about being able to create <laughs> more because you're like, oh, I can't have that. Exactly. And then on the other side, you're sitting there going, Oh, well, I only have fifteen hundred dollars, but I'm going to spend five hundred on on the scale to help me. Yeah. What's Always interesting to me is, as you start to describe that, right, you, you hire her, you follow this. It makes no sense whatsoever from anybody's standards. And you go ahead and do it anyhow, and it leads to more clients. It leads to, you know, having to do things that aren't the right things for you. As my dad used to say, having doctors dig ditches. And right. yeah. all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my gosh. Following that yes led to another yes. yes. And that leads to another yes. And that leads to another yes. And you don't even have to think about the nose anymore because all you gotta do is look for what's the yes and a, a friend of mine kurt flexing came up to me one day and it was so funny he's he's this artist and he sometimes has these kind of crazy ideas and he walks up to me and he goes hey ken i figured it out it's either yes or it's no <laughs> i love it and i'm just looking at him like uh, yeah cool. uh -huh. but when i started to think about it it was like yeah the things that are yes they're they're, they're almost visceral it's like you just know it in your bones and everything else is really a no, 
or sometimes it's a maybe, which is when we're trying to make a no into a yes. But the yeses are just like, boom, that's what I want. It's like you look at the menu and there'll be something that just pops out at you. And you're like, wow, I don't normally order a Reuben sandwich, but something about me makes me want to do that. Now, you can either rationalize, go, no, that's not good for me. I should get a salad. Da, da, da. Or you can just go with it. And yeah. It's like a safe playground because, I mean, obviously, if it's not exactly the best thing for you, you're like, well, it's not like the end of the world. But we have those things, and the more we can listen and pay attention to them, the further it takes us. Well, that's a great way to frame it, too. You're, you're either living in your nose or you're living in your yes. And, and it's so fascinating. I mean, as you're just describing that, I'm thinking, you know, talk about going to a restaurant. I used to, you know, I love getting shrimp on my noodles or, you know, the extra, but for so many years, I was living in the no. So I wouldn't even pay the extra $3 for shrimp on my noodles because it was too expensive. So I wasn't living in my yes, I was living in the no. And yeah, what I had was okay, but it wasn't what I really wanted, which was the damn shrimp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's, right? that's and, what and I, feeds you. And I think that's what that's what excites me. Yeah, that's right. That's what makes me feel good about my life. And I think a, a lot, lot of people, and I've done this in different ways, you know, where they're staying in a relationship because I wasn't. It wasn't a yes, but but I was living in the no of of no. I can't leave this. I'm scared. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be single. What what does it mean about you know? I don't want to have no identity. I mean, right? So I'm living in the no. I'm making a choice that doesn't feel deeply good to me because I'm in the no. Yeah, I'm living small, and I think I mean that's it's just it really is that simple. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brian, thank you so much for sharing these examples. They're so powerful. And, and again, anybody if you if you didn't hear Brian's interview earlier in the week, there are even more examples on that. Really amazing content. So definitely go back and check that out on the on the website. Um, but Brian, thank you again. It's an honor, Ken. Thank you. On Wednesday, I had Paulina Solda on the show. And she shared with us an incredible story of a time when following her yes brought her halfway around the world to a new life, a new career, and the man of her dreams. Well, Polina, if you wouldn't mind, help us illustrate how not following your yes can actually undermine a partnership. And what I'd like you to do is tell us a quick story about a time you didn't follow your yes. Maybe at the time you didn't even realize you had that kind of instinct guiding you. But when you look back, you're like, geez, that was so clear. So tell us what happened when your gut was telling you what to do and you still didn't do it. Yeah, so I have actually a couple of um, situations where I, so I had uh, this long distance relationship and um, uh, in, in my gut, feeling was telling me that it would not work out and yet because it was there and the person was really um, pushing for us to to continue the relationship you know planning all these trips um, I was kind of going with it but deep down I knew and uh, what what ended up happening is that the relationship didn't work out, and uh, I uh, look at it because I was involved in that relationship. I was not really open to meeting someone, and I don't think you can be in a relationship and think, "Well, this is temporary," and uh, 
I'm going to drop it when I meet somebody else. It just typically doesn't work like that. So after I let go of that relationship finally, which was months and months later, when that's when I met my now husband. Yeah, that's a great example. And, and I, I totally agree with you. If, you. if you're in one of these, oh, I'm just, it's kind of what I call the holding position where it's like, oh, I'm dating this person. I'm not really interested in them, but I still want to date. Well, mm-hmm. then energetically, you're not available. So That's nobody right. sees you as a, a prospect and you end up going, oh, how come I don't find anyone? Because you're dating someone. That's why. <laughs> so let's flip this around a little bit, Polina. Let, let's take a look at a moment in time when you, you had a clear yes. And not only did you recognize it, but you followed it. Tell us that mm-hmm. story. Yes, I have... Um... I have many uh, moments in my life where, and I'm so happy and proud that I followed that because my life has changed because of that. So one of them was um, when I um, I came to New York City for the first time. It was in 2005 for New Year's, and I was there around Times Square and all those people and bright lights and just energy. I wowed to myself. I just felt that it was a place for me and and I just vowed that I'm going to, to live in the city one day and then what do you think? Uh, 2008, I uh, got accepted by all schools that I applied to, which was a total uh, sign for me. So I even got accepted to Columbia, which was it was a big deal. I'm the first one to go to college in my entire family. So, <laughs> so I moved to New York, and I am so happy. I've been living here for uh, almost eight years now, and it's amazing. It's amazing. So, and then another one is when I was at. Um, at that time, I was consulting at the United Nations, so so I graduated, fast forward, I graduated, I uh, worked at the UN, and I went to Tony Robbins' workshop, and when I saw what he does, and again, the energy, and all the people, and the transformation, I just said to myself, well, this is what I want to do, I, I'm coaching, it's my my path. And so what I did is I left, I quit my job, I started my own business, and I've been uh, running my business for six years now. So all was yes to myself in that moment and it was so clear and just falling through on that has changed my life because I'm I'm living in a city I love and I'm doing I'm doing work that I love. I, I, it's hard for me to even say a word work because it's just passion. That's cool. Yeah, and, and I, I love that example because it's like that one yes that you listen to led to another yes that you listen to led to another yes that you listen to. And when you start doing that, like you said, it, it's not work. There's not a lot of effort involved. You're just following what's being handed to you. Right. And it leads you to the next step. So thank you very much for sharing that, Polina. Thank you much. We wrapped up the week with Sandra Beck. And she shared with us a story of a time when everyone around her was telling her that her yes was stupid. They were even laughing at her. But she stayed true to that yes. And today, that yes is a very successful business empire. Well, Sandra, if you wouldn't mind, help us illustrate how not following 
your yes can actually undermine a partnership. And what I'd like you to do, if you would, is tell us a story of a time when, well, you you didn't follow your yes. Maybe maybe at the time you didn't even realize that you had a yes. But now when you look back, you realize it was very clear. Your gut was telling you exactly what to do, and you still didn't do it. Tell us about that time. Oh, well, you're going to love this. I have two quick ones. The first one was my marriage. Um, the day I got married, Ken, I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong in my gut. I could feel it, or as you say, your yes. But my head said, oh, you've been with this person a couple years. You're the right age to get married. He'd be a good partner and provider. And my head was leading all this stuff. And my my tummy was all in knots going, no, no, no. You know, and of course, 10 years later, you know, it ended up in divorce. But the same feeling happened when I formed my first um, company. And I brought on a business partner who was my good friend, but she was a complete mess. And I thought I could save her and help me. And again, my gut was going, no, 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 danger, Will Robinson, stop, stop, you know, don't go to the edge. And my head is like, oh, yes, you know, this, this will be your your philanthropic friendship, you know, empowering, blah, 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 blah. And I should have run for the hills both times. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah. <laughs> or listening to yourself. But you can <laughs> you can really talk yourself out of what you know you need to do. At least I can. Oh yeah. No, I, I think that's pretty universal. And that's a great example of, you know, obviously two very strong examples of what what happens when we're not paying attention, when we don't actually act on that instinct that we have. But let's flip this around. Let's let's look at a time when, when you had a clear yes, and not only did you recognize it, but you followed it. What happened then? Um, well, when I formed my company that I have now, Ken Motherhood Incorporated, everybody laughed at me. I am not kidding you. They're like, oh, what are you, a bunch of bombs and PJs, you know, sitting around, you know, eating <laughs> potato chips in the afternoon and getting paid on the company dime. I mean, it was brutal. But I knew in my heart, Ken, and in my gut, like I did my head check, heart check, gut check. It sounded right in my head. It felt right in my heart and it felt good in my gut. And um, I wanted to name everything that I did after this motherhood series like Motherhood Incorporated is my company, Moms Who Work From Home in the Tech Fields. And we home source instead of outsource. And all of a sudden, when everybody was outsourcing for pennies on the dollar and people didn't speak English, they didn't know the culture, you know, they started coming to my company going, oh, you have native you know, U.S. speakers, you have native people who understand the culture and how to handle customers. And I got my first, you know, really big clients um, who wanted us to home source the work rather than outsource it overseas. But when I formed my radio shows, Ken, um, I formed two radio shows that have been in, in publication and syndication with 5 million downloads a month, uh, Military Mom Talk Radio and Motherhood Talk Radio. And again, everybody laughed at me. There were some groups that jumped on the military bandwagon early on, and they were, you know, the boot girls and the boot this and the military this and the da 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 And mine was so stupid. But you know what? It was easy to spell easy to remember. It indexed properly in the search engines. People knew exactly what it was. If you're a military mom, you want to listen to talk radio or motherhood talk radio, which were the first two media holdings of my company. And 
I stood fast. I'm like, this will index in the search engines. People will know what it is. I don't have a lot of money to advertise. The dot com's available. People can spell it and remember it. And, you know, seven, eight years later, you know, I've got fully sponsored, you know, shows that make make me money. And that's not easy to do in the radio industry. You gave such a great example of, you know, for years now, this has been successful when everybody from the outside was saying, that's ridiculous. That'll never work. Right. And it's stupid. That's the thing I heard over and over. That's a stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, boring. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times that's the thing is when we get that that gut feeling, that, that driving internal force that's telling you do this thing, it seems so stupid. Like, what? Why would I do that? There's a great phrase that um, one of the publishing heads told me, uh, Tarcher, the head of Tarcher said to me, sometimes ridiculous ideas can be ridiculously good ideas. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for sharing your examples of how following your yes pays off. Thank you. Thank you to all my guests for sharing their stories of the benefits of following their yes. And for you listening... I invite you to take what you just heard about the importance of following your yes and apply it to what you heard this week on the show. Chances are there was something that clicked for you when you were listening to our interviews this week. What I invite you to do is to implement it. It doesn't matter if it's changing a behavior or a belief you've been operating from. Maybe it's looking into one of the resources or books that our guests recommended. Whatever your yes was from the material you heard from our guests this week, take it and act on it. And if you missed any of the interviews this week, simply go to speakingofpartnership.com and enter the guest name in the search bar. It'll take you directly to the recording of their interview. You can view their show notes and find all the links to the resources they mentioned. Follow Your Yes Friday is all about you taking the next two days and applying something that you learned on the show this week. Follow up on something that caught your attention where you thought, man, this is good. This, this could really make a difference in my life. Whatever that yes was, this is your compass telling you this is your best path. So follow it. From all of us here at Speaking of Partnership, we invite you to take your yes and take action on it today. Peace. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.